I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash coldpopshire. I'm just gonna turn my header off. Is this part of the podcast? Um, do you want to make it part of the podcast? Nah. I've got my podcast voice on. <laughs> yeah, that is Don't true. I? You knew that, didn't you? I did. Can you give Can you give us a sample of your non-podcasting voice? Because some people might have never heard of it. Okay, if I didn't intend that to be recorded, it'd sound like this. Uh, all right, oh, I just got to turn my header off. I talk like this when I'm not podcasting. And I talk like this when I am podcasting, Richard. I'm just going to turn off my heater. I talk the same, <laughs> I think, on both. Maybe right. I'll. Maybe that's why you're everyone's favourite. Mm. Maybe. Am I everyone? I don't, everyone's favourite from what sample size? Like four people have, have told us who their favourite is. So it's yeah. only the people who like the show enough to even tell us who their favourite is. I can, I can, I can tell. I can tell. But not when I put on my podcasting voice. Well, let us know in the comments of this podcast. Um, I, do you like Richard more when he does a fun, fun podcast voice? <laughs> am I more tolerable? Am I more tolerable if I do a podcasting voice? Welcome everybody to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cold Popshire Podcast. I am AJ, joined by Richard as huge, uh, and we come to you today on this this beautiful beautiful quarantined new zealand afternoon um to talk about a film franchise which we do every fortnight mm-hmm. that's because this is the cop option podcast you're listening to all right okay we need our little soundboard of like fun sound effects yeah yeah mm. what would our sound effects be um the only one i can think of is whoosh my life <laughs> was probably like i want to the know- only time i felt the absence of a soundboard <laughs> yeah yeah this is in reference to an episode we recorded like two years ago but um i want to know another another question i'm putting to people up the top of the episode how funny do people find whoopish my wife because <laughs> like i remember at the time thinking if we were a bigger podcast i'd i'd pr- get a shirt printed of that joke yeah. like it feels like that's like one of those things you put on a shirt because of <laughs> how good of a joke it was um but i've i don't think i've ever heard <laughs> one of yeah. the fans talk about it it's just instead <laughs> we've got a uh, very sexy mm, very cool and very sexy yes well one thing that is very cool and very sexy potentially richard um is, is this group the, of young boys <laughs> yeah right the the franchise that we're covering this fortnight which is the mighty ducks trilogy a franchise about peewee hockey teams the group of yep. young boys and, and girls. Yeah, Does yeah. Make, calling them very sexy, better or worse. Once again, <laughs> let us know in the comments. 
Uh, so yeah, we are talking today about the Mighty Ducks trilogy, which consists of the Mighty Ducks in 1992, sometimes called Champions in other countries, sometimes called the Mighty Ducks are the Champions in other countries. <laughs> but Ugh. not really. I that was a weird piece of trivia I read and was like, I've never ever heard them. Yeah, I wondered. Do you know what countries? No, nah, I didn't look it up. It wasn't New Zealand? Because some people, uh, some people are going to be listening to this and be like, "What the hell is this? The Mighty Ducks?" And they go, "Oh, champions! The Mighty Ducks are champions." You mean? Yeah, yeah. So the Mighty Ducks came out in 1992. That was followed in 1994 by D2, the Mighty Ducks, <laughs> which was followed in 1996 by D3, the Mighty Ducks. Uh, and look. It's our second trilogy in a row that was released in nice, neat two-year increments. Yay! Look at that. You Up top remembered. useless statistics. There will be some more useless statistics later on. Mm. Um, so um, the Mighty Ducks- Sorry, this movie was released as Champions in Australia. What? So it's weird, weird that we didn't get it as that. Maybe we did, but we got D2, the Mighty Ducks, and so the Mighty Ducks is a brand name. Yeah, well, I mean, because the first one came out, what, like before we were born? Yeah, 92. Yeah, yeah, so I don't remember the release of it because no. I was yet to be born. I just remember the logo. That's I'd never seen these movies before with this podcast, mm. and all I knew about the Mighty Ducks was that logo. Um, so the first film in 1992 was directed by Stephen Herrick, who has directed two other films we've covered on Film Franchise Fortnite. Hey. Do you do you want to take an impossibly wild guess at what those other two films are? Um. Are they are they just sequels? Um, one is an original, and one is a remake. Are they Disney movies? One is a Disney movie. Hundred one Dalmatians. Yeah, man, that's one of them. Um, that's that's the remake, and then the original critters. It was. Did you look that up? I did. <laughs> because I refuse. I would. You could. There's nothing you could say that would make me believe you just guessed that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. too impossible. Or of that a task. I like remembered that from the critters episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is the Mighty Ducks about? Uh, so, the Mighty Ducks is about Gordon Bombay, a a, a local attorney who is. Um, Emilio Estevez down on his luck because he he gets pulled over for drunk driving. Um, the our most hero, adult thing that happens yeah yeah in- at the start of the film, <laughs> our hero is inebriated and thinks oh, I'll go for a drive. Uh, but in he's a caught. Disney movie, crazy, yeah. and he's sentenced to community service, and so he ends up coaching hockey, and so he meets this team of fucking losers <laughs> who cannot win a game. Uh, and they they lose significantly in every game. It's not just that they're bad; they're they're very bad. Uh, but he says, "You know what? I'm going to coach these guys because he used to play for a team in the same league called the Hawks." And so then he coaches these guys who end up being called the Ducks, which is because they get funding from Bombay's boss, Mister Ducksworth. Um, mm-hmm. so they can get good gear and, and really stand a chance because if there's one thing that we know it's that you don't have a fair shot unless you have money um <laughs> and also just a side note ducksworth is actually a villain by the end of the film and is never redeemed and yet they keep the same namesake which reminds me of the fact that um my younger sister madison was named after a motivational speaker that my parents liked named 
someone Madison uh, who then ended up like stealing money from his company or something. But <laughs> she's still called that, and he still is being, you know, his name is still shamed. Yeah. I was almost <laughs> called um, Hamish, but there was mm-hmm. a guy my parents knew called Hamish who was a dick, and they didn't want him thinking that I was named after him. Very and growing valid. up, when I, I hated the name Richard, and I always wished I was named Hamish. Um, but you do, you, you know suit a Hamish. Thank you. The Cole Popter podcast with Hamish and AJ. Doesn't Fuck. sound bad. Well, it's too close to Hamish and Andy. A- AJ and Hamish? No, you're not going first. <laughs> I think I go first usually now, don't I? Uh, Richard and AJ? What sounds better? The Cole Popter podcast with Richard. That's good. Like that. <laughs> um, so Continue, uh, sorry. anyway, yeah. So it ends up that you know they get coached. It's your typical kind of like a sports movie um, plot. You know, it's all the beats, uh, and then they end up facing off against the Hawks, um, Bombay's old team, still coached by the same person, and they end up winning uh, on a penalty shot, which mm. is how. Uh, how Bombay was disgraced when he was a kid by fucking that yeah. up. By his, his old coach, um, who is like, his kind of like, villainy comes from his unwillingness to accept anything other than victory from yeah. his peewee team. Yep, so D2, The Mighty Ducks, was directed by Sam Wiseman, who, I, it seems like a familiar name, but he hasn't directed anything we've watched before. Uh, and what is D2, The Mighty Ducks, about? Um, okay, so now it gets into the kind of you're stretching the rubber band of reality a little bit. Um, so <laughs> <This Bom- year>. <laughs> <laughs> Bombay ends up uh, trying. Uh, so he, he ends up playing um, hockey himself, right? Yeah, and then I don't know how much that plays into the story, though. Yeah, but then so he essentially like he he's a, he goes off to make his own way in the world because he's made a name for himself. Uh, coaching the Mighty Ducks and, and taking them from zero to hero. And then he gets his knee injured. And so he gets a chance to coach the like the national team kind of thing, representing them in, in like the Pee Wee international games. And so he's like, oh, sweet. I'll just grab the Ducks, hmm. which feels like he shouldn't be allowed to do. But well, I, d- I guess this this is going to show, um, which if you've been listening for a while, you you'll know I'm I'm not a very sporty person. I really don't. I would say it's not just that I don't care about sport; like I actively don't like sport. And I was like, there are, do people give a shit about a pee wee hockey team? Like to uh, the, to the in the, in the states, like team? these things. Maybe not pee wee, but I don't know, like college football is like a huge thing for sure. Yeah, but like these these are what twelve year old kids who are now. Yeah kind of treated as world famous yeah. in a way yeah. yeah very strange yeah but it, it's like uh, but yeah the whole like so he just gets the ducks to be team usa he adds in like five other players uh, and then so it's like yeah all of this from where are they from like minnesota or something yep minnesota uh and then they it's like you know they're, they're representing the entire country it's like if you know Steve Hansen, whoever the new coach of the All Blacks was, was like, okay, the team is just going to be the Crusaders and we'll get like two other people. Um, yeah. And one of Keenan from Keenan and Cal just yeah, yeah, yeah. happens <laughs> as an All Black. And joins like, a, 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 you know, a national, nationally regarded team. 
Mm. But so the the ducks there, it's the classic sequel thing of now they're like, they think they're hot shot. So they go into the National Leagues and they get beaten in their first game against Iceland, uh, which is the green one. The and dastardly then, Icelandians. Yeah. And then they end up, you know, it's it's very humbling for them and they have to fight their way back up to the top and they end up facing Iceland in the final, which uh, they end in a tie and then it's like a penalty shootout, which Team USA wins. Mm-hmm. Nice. And Richard, what is uh, D3 The Mighty Ducks directed by Robert Lieberman? Again, a familiar name that didn't direct anything we've ever watched. Um, what What is D3 about? Okay, so D3 is now, um, forget Bombay, forget Emilio, forget everything you knew about Emilio Estevez. <laughs> He's uh, Charlie because, Sheen's brother. That was yeah, all I knew about him. Forget it. Okay, I've forgotten it. <laughs> so it's kind of like a passing the torch sequel where, you know, you're supposed to care about his young protege, Charlie, who's been, who he sort of, it took under his wing, especially in the first film. And then uh, now they're all, all, all the ducks. They're going to, they get scholarships to this high school, which it's, it's, it's made. It's look like it's a college or like, you know, university. Yeah. And like, they're all quite old at this point. And then at one point, they're Charlie f- says that he's 14. And I was like, yeah, is that a joke? I was like, <laughs> because I couldn't work out when this was supposed to take place. I was because I, I was like, you know, this could have been, you know, a good five, six years later kind of thing. Cause they do age up significantly between the second and third films. I thought anyway. Mm. Um, and then, but no, it's they're, they're just, just entering high school and there's like the kind of, um, there's like the, the varsity team as it was called. Yeah. The warriors, that, the warriors there that, uh, you know, they, um, don't like the ducks essentially. Yeah. They, well, then, the, the, the ducks are freshmen and the warriors are not freshmen. Yeah, uh, whatever. The, I don't know what. What's the what's the what's year thirteen in in American high school? Uh, seniors, seniors. Yeah, they're seniors. There you go. Um, um, yeah, and so played by thirty year olds, literally yeah, yeah. played by thirty year olds. Oh no, well, <laughs> uh, And then yeah, what happens? They d- d- Emilio Estevez comes back briefly. Mm. He's in this movie like not a lot, contractually enough to appear on the on the DVD cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of about them their struggles with their new coach who they who's like this misunderstood ex NHL guy. Um it's really not too different from the other two, where it's just them going up against a villainous hockey team yep. and in the end they beat them. Um in an unexpected and, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's it, right? So mm. What what did you think of these films, either individually as a whole? How would you rank them? That sort of thing. Okay, so uh, like you, I had never seen these films growing up. I have distinct memories of seeing, of flipping through the channels and seeing parts of it. You know, like oh a yeah, the, these are these are um, in the school holidays when they play a movie every day at one pm. Yeah. Like you tu- you turn on and it's the mighty ducks and you're like oh, okay and then the next day it's d2 the mighty ducks and you're like fuck i know it's a trilogy so i can i can bet what thursday's film's gonna be and then thursday won't be yeah <laughs> i remember oh. the first time i saw back to the future they played it on tv and then like a month later they played back to the future three <laughs> is it possible you just missed two no a hundred percent they did not play two because i was okay. like i was frothing for two <laughs> <laughs> okay and then, because I was like, I was 
begging my parents to let us get out like the second one from the from the video store and they're like now it'll be on tv and then it was like this week on tv back to the future part three and i was like what the mm. fuck and then i watched the start of it when it's like because i was like ah, i've seen the first one and then it starts with marty being like i'm back from the future and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and then i think the next day we went and got out the second one but nice so yeah, the first one, it's like one of those things where it's it's a kid's movie, it's a, well, it's a family movie, and it's a sports movie, and it does both of those things quite well, I think, and I can understand why people would be super nostalgic for it, but you know, it, it's not lighting up those centers in my brain when I watch it. So I watch it and I can appreciate it on those levels, and I did get into it, and you can like, even though it's not necessarily the kind of movie I would you know just discover on my own it's it, you know you watch it because you hear so much about it um and then i think the first one so the first one i did actually like have a good time with i'll say that yeah and then the second and third feel like they get like it, like the first one's definitely the best and then it goes like one two three if you're ranking them but then at the same time it doesn't feel like the quality shifts that much between them i thought i agree it, it's like the first one's clearly the best but then it's like it's not like the second one's worse than it yeah yeah no yeah. i agree um and uh critics agree with you as well richard what do you think these movies have on ron tomatoes now i i i know that these have famously low scores you do okay you do know that interesting yeah because this is <laughs> that was this my is, big reveal of the episode because <laughs> <laughs> this is like a classic what's a movie you love that that is terrible on that is below fresh right. on ron tomatoes people go the mighty ducks uh, and do you want to reveal how much it has? Well, the second two are both twenty percent. Yeah. Uh, the first one's twenty three percent, which is that's um, insane. That is unfair. Like that. It, that's a crazy low score for the Mighty Ducks. Perfectly yeah. adequate movie. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. There's the, what's wrong with this movie that eighty yeah, percent well, of people don't like it. <laughs> I looked over, I sort of skimmed a few of the contemporary reviews and a lot of critics were like, oh, it's dull and uninspired and it's tropey, which is very interesting because I was under the impression that this film was responsible for a lot of like 90s sports movie tropes. Uh, but yeah. I guess they won't. They, I guess they weren't. Um, but with that being said, the, it might make more sense then that watching the first film and i messaged you about this I, w I was like this film really like feels like it's trailblazing certain tropes but then it'll fuck them up and do something that that <laughs> doesn't complete the trope um and like so maybe i should have seen it coming that that huh do you want to give an example i yeah i am going to give examples yeah um so it does the whole one of the one of the big tropes that this movie does is the the classic uh, rom com typically used in rom coms uh, is used in Shakespeare's Othello as well is the character characters hear the main character say something which sounds bad out of context or like like the the loving wife walks in on the the husband just as like the seductress is kissing him even though he didn't even want to kiss her and she's like how dare you and runs away before he can calmly explain. <laughs> this yeah. i was actually just assaulted <laughs> like yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like like it's it's that thing where it's like if you took five seconds not only would you be able to explain what happened but you would negate any um you know ill will towards you by just explaining what happened but they never they never do these yeah. things and it's very frustrating um 
this would be uh, bad in any story, but in The Mighty Ducks, it's just so weird because <laughs> what happens is he he's yelling at his old coach, the coach of the Hawks, and he goes, he he's like, oh, you know, because the, 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 they've just had like a row out on the um out on the ice and he's yelling at his old coach and he, and he's and his coach says something about winning and Gordon Bombay's like oh yeah because that's all it's about isn't it winning 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 and if you can't win you're not good at anything he says something like that right yeah. and one of the the ducks hears him and because of that uh is like right I'm done with you and he and he turns the whole team against him um really briefly but like he's literally just being sarcastic it's not a case yeah. of like he he misunderstood the meaning or he saw something that didn't that looked like what it wasn't. Yeah. He just didn't wasn't able to pick up on sarcasm, <laughs> which is so stupid. Um, and then it's like halfway through, like or like maybe ten minutes later, he sh- he shows up to try and like win back their good graces, and he's like, "I was being sarcastic," and they're like, oh, "Okay." I was like, what is this? What, what waste of screen time is this? I was thinking that um, a really good example of this of this trope actually done well, I reckon, is in Shrek with um, Princess and Ugly Don't Go Together, which oh, Shrek yeah, yeah. hears Fiona saying to Donkey, but she's talking about himself, herself. Uh, and it sounds bad out of context, but because it also in- involves revealing the secret that Fiona is an ogre, Donkey can't actually tell Shrek the truth. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's yeah. actually quite an it's it's a justified one in my opinion. Um, yeah, the, the worst w- examples of that are in um in the show Broadchurch. I found this so frustrating. Like first season, I fucking love. Second season and third season are like everyone has a secret. You find out part of it, um, and it's like you know they, they'll hint at liking murdering people or something, and someone goes. <laughs> Mm, that makes you a suspect they go oh i can't reveal the truth and it's like someone fucking died and people (laughs) think it was you because you you're not careful with your words and then they go oh no i was actually just cheating on my wife i love murdering that pussy yeah something that i don't actually have to tell my wife i can just tell the detective yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i just just like they're not under obligation to like fucking tell your wife just oh my god someone died (laughs) this is more important um another weirdly handled trope is about halfway through the first mighty ducks film where bombay discovers that the region lines of the peewee hockey leagues have been redrawn which means that um the hawks the the evil team or with the evil coach they're like best player who's a kid named banks someone banks they call him banksy um he he should technically be a duck because he because of the the regions being redrawn, yeah. um, and Bombay goes hard to like get Banks on the, as you know on their team as a duck, yeah. and to me this felt like this should be something that happens to the protagonists, like their best mm. player is trying to be stolen by yeah, the opposing that, yeah, team. That's interesting, yeah. It just it just real like. It's weird to watch the the character who you're supposed to think of as the good guy be like, well, technically, and holds up the map, like being real snivelly and shitty and like you're talking about the logistics. So I feel like that should have either happened to the Ducks, like their best player is taken by the Hawks, or it should be the entire plot of its own movie or sequel with a fish out of water character who has to join a different hockey team. You know, Mm. like it, it was so weird that it's like, 
this is the clincher this is how they win the game is they steal another like because it's not just like he plays hockey for the team he's friends with the other team like he's been playing with them for years it's sad i would quit hockey if i was a kid and that happened to me i'd be so upset yeah well because they say he's either here there has to be a darker he can't play kind of thing yeah which is a conflict that feels like it should happen to the good guys and not the bad guys yeah and then they'll work out some way around it because what Mm, do they work how do they how does that resolve again they like he just joins the team and he's real good and they win because of him (laughs) yeah yeah they they try to contrive like struggle out of the fact that no one likes him in the on the ducks but it still is kind of like i don't know i wouldn't like someone if they did that if they i tried to steal a a team member just based off logistical you know um i thought that a similar thing happens in d3 uh, where they manage to stay at the high class high school they're at uh, because Bombay turns up and threatens to sue the high school for, for <laughs> expiring their their um their scholarships like it's I, I wrote down Richard it's not very cash money to save the day by threatening to sue the bad guys it isn't very cash money it's not cool it's not a cool way to do it the bad guys can threaten to kick the kids out, but by doing what is it's kind of like a boringly realistic reaction yeah, to yeah, that yeah. of like you gotta sue them. It's like it's like you should never write a movie where the main character um you know gets over their character flaw by going to see a counselor, even though that's probably what they should do in real life. It's like it's like narrative cheating to be like, and they go see a counselor and their character flaw is solved. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, well, because it's like, oh no, should... they're having legal troubles. They just called their lawyer and he sorted it out. And Bombay hasn't even been a practicing lawyer for two movie yeah, lengths at this yeah, point. Yeah, shouldn't he be disbarred? I mean, that's I like, you is. know, three hours, 20 minutes he hasn't been a <laughs> two whole movie lengths. But yeah, like, surely, because he was suspended from the firm. But, I mean, I guess he's not disbarred. No. So maybe, but. And he doesn't actually sue them. He just threatens to sue them. So maybe. Yeah, so it could just be that he's putting on a show for yeah. to look like a big um, man. In front a of similar, another, another weirdly handled trope in Ducks 3, in D3, sorry, um, is that the Varsity Warriors prank the Ducks by inviting them out to dinner. And then they leave. And just as you think, like... It's going to be revealed that the Warriors spiked the Ducks' food with laxatives or there's a food fight about to break up. Uh, It turns out they just ran away and left them with the check. Yeah, for $847. I thought they were going to pull the Van Wilder dog come in the food. Um, (laughs) Right, it was something like that. The film is setting itself up for something filmic. Being left with the check is not a very visually exciting... (laughs) And then they just just seem to just work for the... Yeah, they they work for the restaurant for a bit. And, like, it seems like if if we're going realistic and the realistic version of this prank is leaving someone with the check, it feels like you could also very easily just explain that to the people at the restaurant and they'll chase up the more older and responsible students who yeah 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 did this you know um and wouldn't like the teacher or the coach just be like yeah responsible for this yeah i don't know the the whole franchise is full of these moments where it it lulls you into a false sense of security that you're about to see like a stereotypical story trope play out (laughs) and then to its credit it does something different but the thing it does different is boring it does a boring thing instead of a a interesting and different thing um and i think that's that's probably my biggest criticism of the series as a whole i think (laughs) yeah um, I also thought that the the new coach in in D three is such an asshole. Orion. Orion. 
Um, and I feel like the film wants you to be like, oh, wow, it turns out this harsh coaching technique had a point and we all learned something. Yeah. But you just find out that his daughter was paralyzed in a, in a car accident. But it's not like his him putting all the players on uh, in, in different positions had a dramatic effect. They're not, you know, like, like um, Charlie doesn't find out he's better at defense than scoring. Yeah, well, well, because the the game finishes when Goldberg, their the the husky kid, who's mm. normally their goalkeeper, has a chance to an open goal to shoot the goal, uh, the winning goal in the dying seconds of the game, and. Mm. It's like, you know, any other player could have done that and they wouldn't have hesitated for so long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like so they I probably wouldn't have been nil all till the last second if yeah. they'd been in their normal <laughs> positions. If, yeah, if they'd been in the normal positions that they've been practicing in since 1992. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do, do, so the first film was produced by Orion, the, the company, which is um, bankrupt now. And a fun memory oh, I have of that, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, is have you ever seen UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic movie? Uh, I've seen the music video. Okay, well, the, I used to have the movie on DVD, and I watched the um, the DVD commentary of it, where Weird Al does a commentary of the film, and it opens with the Orion logo and the music, and as it happens, Weird, the first thing you hear Weird Al do in this whole commentary is go, Orion, Orion is bankrupt now. <laughs> and so now whenever I see Orion, I think of that line. Um, and the coach being named Orion was a wonderful reminder of that, as well as the first film actually being an Orion film. Um, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that, but it sounds very funny. It is very funny. I don't have any particular memories. With, what, what's Orion's logo? It's uh, it looks like a it's like real metallic and it's floating in space. Oh, hmm. uh, let me have a look. Oh yeah, yeah, another one. Yeah, I thought Richard controversial Mighty Ducks take. I thought D two had the most interesting hockey scenes. Um, as someone uh, who was, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah like someone who as someone who was snoring through not not literally snoring of course but like really like trying to make I wasn't it asleep these, I was just snoring these these hockey scenes um D2 seems to embrace the whole hockey game turned fist fight chaos which I think is probably the most interesting thing about hockey like there's not really any fisticuffs happening in the first Mighty Ducks film but they really embrace that in the second one yeah um which should be the the most exciting thing about <laughs> about hockey um yeah but richard i'm not the only one who uh that's that's maybe not the most popular opinion because jj watt who is an nfl player not an nhl player but an nfl player and this was sent to us on discord uh by our listener jensen who actually suggested the mighty ducks as the franchise that we covered thank you jensen thank you jensen um, JJ Watt stated that D2 is his favorite sports movie, but said that the end is lame because, and this is a quote, the shootout against Iceland in the Junior Goodwill Games final where, where, where Gunnar Stahl does a triple deck, which doesn't even count as a triple deck because he stopped and took a slap shot at the end. Um, he takes a slap shot and the camera cuts to Julie Gaffney's glove, which is closed. You never see the puck go into the glove like they would have known if the puck hit the back of the net or not. I loved the movie over overall but that one scene even as a kid i was like that was that was poorly made they didn't think that all the way through yeah it, it is then, yes so what happens is yeah like the the 
bad guy shoots for goal. There's a different goalkeeper and he shoots. You see the puck flying and then it cuts and she's got a closed glove. Now, had she not caught the puck, because this moment is played for suspense. You know, it's a good couple of seconds before she opens the glove and drops the puck. Did she catch it? Did she miss it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, you would see it go into the net and everyone would be cheering because there's the also a over. siren that goes off whenever yeah exactly so like there's no real suspense and also like just even from movie making tropes you can tell what's going to happen yeah yeah exactly um I, it's funny reading someone nitpick sport the way i would nitpick a movie yeah, yeah like yeah. reading this i'm like what the hell are you talking about jj yeah um, it's not a triple dick <laughs> okay um I would also like to put forward to JJ Watt though that uh, the end, the whole ending is bogus because the whole penalty shot thing, what a boring way to. There's too many people. Everyone gets a chance. It just goes back and forth between the two different teams, each getting a penalty shot through to, per member, which my flatmate told me is so that you can't just tell you get your best player to do it. You have to get like an average score of the whole team. That's interesting because I I think that's like that's the way you end it. Really? I thought it was boring. I thought they did it with too many characters. All right. All right. We're going to fight about it? Yep. Yep. What was your favorite part of um, D2, D3? Or you know what? Fuck it. D1. D. (laughs) Uh, My favorite part was I loved the guy's triple dick at the end. And then (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, it's not a triple dick. Wow, I I did think. Do you it's know funny, why? Though. Because he does he he stopped and took a slap shot. Yeah, I thought that was pretty obvious. <laughs> so and, JJ um, to point it's it funny out. though watching the second one. It's clear that the first one was a big success because it does feel like a bigger sequel, and you get like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the basketballer, mm. is in it, and he like has drinks with um with Bombay, and then also Wayne Gretzky shows up who's probably the most famous ice hockey player and maybe the best athlete of all time. Really? Yeah. He's, like, famous for being, like... At, at, he's, he excels so much at his own... Maybe him and, like, Usain Bolt in terms of, like, being so much better than everyone else at your sport. Right. There's all, these, there's all these crazy stats about Wayne Gretzky. Like, the... It's, like, if you take away all of his goals he's still the highest point scorer in all of the nhl because of all the points he got from assists because it's like you know that counts as a point for you and shit like that um and the gretzky brothers are the highest scoring brothers of all time and his brother got like four points who is the who are the gretzky brothers well it's just like i don't know i don't know what his his brother's name is what are you wayne and (laughs) Dwayne? um but yeah, so it's like, yeah, he's actually like genuinely considered, genuinely considered one of the greatest sports people of all time. Genuinely and generally considered yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you know, Richard, moving on um, from that cool fun fact, uh, D3 nearly featured anti-Semitic Bulgarians as the villains. Like, is the anti-Semitism part of their villainy or is this like... They the Bulgari- the characters they were removed from the script for being anti-Semitic unintentionally. I I don't know. I think it's the first one that the Bulgarian characters were anti-Semitic, um, which feels like 
like maybe too heavy for something in the Mighty Ducks, but they do kind of you know cautiously approach discussions around like problematic native american depictions and football logos and stuff in this film. yeah because there's a there's um the the chick that um charlie wants to wants to bone in the third Ooh. one <laughs> wants to uh, duck <laughs> she's she, uh, they meet when she's um getting a petition signed to change the name of the warriors um, because it's um and then he goes hey well hey we've got the redskins we've got and it's like just because a bunch of things are racist it doesn't mean that they're all okay like yeah yeah now that i think about the fact that that's never resolved it almost feels like it's the movie's writers saying that to you and not yeah yeah like you're supposed to think yeah you dumb bitch <laughs> speaking of the movie's writers um steve steven brill i think his name is who apparently like he wrote the first one wanted to play bombay but he was like nowhere near famous enough and ended up like so they got suing... Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up like suing um for for uh royalties or something from the first film but the second film has a has I, this was our post on instagram um when the opening credits are happening in the second film, on one screen it says written by Stephen Brill based on the characters created by Stephen Brill. Yeah. And I feel like, Richard, they don't need to be on this. If, if you're going to mention them both in the credits, they don't need to be on the same screen as each other. Yeah, and they don't need to take up... I mean, normally the based on characters by would just be in the end credits, but yeah, hey, yeah. this Brill guy is brilliant as a of a writer as he is he's also got a brilliant ego <laughs> i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, he does. Um, so do you want to know why Bombay wasn't in D3? So I was thinking about this. Now, this must have been around about the same time as the war at home, right? Which Emilio Estevez started in. Yeah, he was busy filming the war. Do we want to just say what happens, or yeah. do you want to just maintain that? <laughs> Our recording fucked up, and we lost about six minutes, so you're hearing a second take at, at information. Um, already said. Uh, so that's that's a fun thing. Um, yeah, so Bombay was filming... It's Bombay. Uh, Emilio Estevez was filming the war at home and wasn't able to devote, devote much time to D3, which is why he's barely in it. Uh, and he agreed to be in it for free in exchange for Disney helping fund the war at home. Do you think these movies needed Emilio Estevez? Uh, yeah, I, I do. And him in it much? Um, I know. What did I say earlier about it? So uh, Whatever I said, I didn't mean it because I think... Um, no, it was earlier in the week, sorry. I told you that I thought Emilio Estevez was bad in these movies. And I mm. do... I think he's very mm. dead behind the eyes and I think he's <laughs> a very odd screen presence to watch. It works when he's in like the brat pack and he's like a teenager who can't uh who's too shy to emote or whatever. But you know, when when you're in mm. when you're coaching a little league uh NHL team, you you got to 
Yeah. You gotta give me something, Estevez. And uh yeah, I think I think the movie just I don't know, it suffered a bit from switching protagonists in the third film mm. because uh like you said earlier, you know, Charlie's not a, like he's prominent in the first one not in the second beer one you know just any any old character in the second one and then in the third one it's like he's the main character i did say that i did say that in the now lost recording i couldn't remember um, when oh. you said it um <laughs> well one thing we also uh uh discovered in that those lost those lost recordings was there is a podcast out there called quack attack uh which cover the mighty ducks franchise um every episode not just one just every episode yeah, of their show like covers it so there's on the if you go on the mighty ducks wikipedia franchise wikipedia page in other media there's it says podcast there's a podcast channel dedicated to the trilogy titled the quack attack has over 100 episodes dedicated to the topic and so man that this has got to be one of the most devastating losses um in podcasting history um because boy did we come up with some good content ripping on Shall this we? fucking and maybe you know maybe this is a chance to turn over a new leaf and well, and the- reach out an olive branch to the quack attack rather than all the sort of vitriol we we spat at them well the only vitriol was i suggested that they put they themselves edited the wikipedia which page. they 100 percent did <laughs> Or, or whoever have, the Brent from Texas is, they did it. <laughs> they have about they have uh, about double our followers on Twitter, so they are, I guess, bigger than us on Twitter. Um, and their website states that they are the definitive quack, uh, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast, a title which I would like to challenge there uh, mm. currently. I would like to challenge their currently 225 Mighty Ducks episodes with our one single Mighty Ducks episode yeah. as the true definitive Mighty it's Ducks It's about podcast. quality, not quantity. Quacks. Uh, yeah, but so they... someone reach out to them and say, hey, have you listened to this yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> they call you out. What? A, how do you do 225 episodes on a series that is probably going to be one of our shorter ones? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, what are the, the episodes? The, the latest one's called The Rise and Fall and Rise and Fall and Rise of the Quack Attacks Attempt to Rename the Mighty Ducks Films. They are stepping on our oh territory, Oh, we we're the title podcast. That does sound we're kind the of definitive guys. title podcast. <laughs> wow. Um. All right. Well, Quack Attack. If you're listening, reach out to us. Let's do a collab on something. That'll be fun. Um, something probably unless, Mighty Ducks related. Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Do you reckon they'd watch other hockey movies? You'd have to. You'd have to. Two hundred twenty-five episodes on three movies. What? Uh, what in a TV show? Yeah, we'll get to that actually. Uh, well, um, how many ice point. hockey movies are there? Fourteen. <laughs> what other ones are there then? The one with um, uh, Stifler. Oh yeah, there's Goon. Sean William Scott. Yeah, it's funny. And yeah. in, in the first one, they talk about like, oh, he's an enforcer. He's just a goon, and it's like, huh, there's that movie Goon, The Last of the Enforcers. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Neither have I. Shall we move on from ripping out the quack attack for the second time today to <laughs> randomly placed useless statistics? Um, two of w- three of which, in fact, all of these useless statistics you already know. So <laughs> do your best to act surprise. And Richard, did you know that this is our second franchise where a main character is used heavily to promote the third film, but is barely in the actual thing after Spy Kids? Because 
Carmen wow. is barely in Spike, it's 3D game over, and Bombay is barely in D3. The Interesting, yeah, yeah, I forgot about Carmen. When you told me that the first time, I was assu- I was thinking of the parents, because like Antonio right. Banderas and, um, and the mum don't appear <laughs> until like an hour and 15 minutes into an hour and 20 minute film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, the... This is our second 90s family comedy franchise where at least one film features one of the Sheffield children from The Nanny after Beethoven, which features Nicole Tom as Rice Newton. Rice being a real name. Uh, She played Maggie on The Nanny. D3, The Mighty Ducks, features Benjamin Salisbury, um, a.k.a. Brighton Sheffield, who plays a student hockey commentator named Josh in the film. And now, have you looked up um, what, what, what films like the third nanny child is in no because what what ones have we done sorry we've done maggie we've done and maggie and brighton we've got gracie left gracie madeline zima what else is she in? i feel like she's in stuff though i feel like she's still a working actress no she's in a cinderella story right we've completed the trilogy (laughs) of 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 I can't even get the words out. <laughs> we have watched franchises which have starred all of the Sheffield children. Wow. Wow. What an accomplishment. I feel proud of myself <laughs> and you. Wow. So this is actually our third. This is the one that completes third. it. Wow. I didn't even think to look. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad, useless statisticking. It is. Statisticals. Okay, well, this is also our second franchise. Maybe it's fucking not. Maybe it's our 100th franchise. <laughs> um, after Spider-Man, which nearly starred Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, he nearly played Charlie, who, as I told you before, and then you told me again, but it sounded like the first time to the listeners, um, he played the main kid character in the first film, who's downgraded to just another character in D2 and then is blasted up to lead protagonist in D3. Um, Gyllenhaal was cast as the character, but his parents didn't let him do it in the end because they wanted him to focus on his schoolwork. He said, uh, there's a quote from Jack Gyllenhaal. My parents are like, you're about to enter junior high school. You've got to get an e- your education. The most important thing. That's the most important thing. I promise you, you'll hate us now, but you'll thank us later. And I do. Um, did you know that Jack Gyllenhaal actually almost starred in Moulin Rouge, he was turned down ultimately because he looked too young to star opposite Nicole Kidman, and mm. he also auditioned for Frodo in Lord of the Rings. I don't think they yeah they're, are they're of not the like same. almost starring yeah yeah yeah. Richard, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, and this is almost one that like feels like it's it's trying to bait me into talking about to the point where i don't want to just to show it that i don't give a shit (laughs) yeah um now look the mighty this these are the titles for the films the mighty ducks d2 the mighty ducks d3 the mighty ducks what is interesting is that there are a few sequels i can think of off the top of my head where the second one is like the first letter and then two but I don't remember. I don't remember one doing it again, like twice, right, like yeah, doing D yeah, two like, and D three. Yeah, there's because there's T two Terminator, T two Trains. Yeah, but there's no there's the Terminator three isn't called T three Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or X two X Men United. Oh, the yeah. third one's not called X three. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and so that's that's kind of interesting. And look, I don't like it. I'll say that. I, I, I first of all, the fact that it's the series is MD and not D feels weird that you're choosing D to be the. Yeah, the, it's also like it, it, it's kind of arrogant of the films to be like we're the only film that you associate with this letter of the alphabet yeah so yeah i don't like it but at least it's consistent yeah at least it's not the mighty ducks d2 the mighty ducks the mighty ducks 3 yeah that would drive me crazy yeah yeah so that that's all i have to say about your dumb title Stephen brill what do you think about that mm. yeah you wouldn't want to waste a whole podcast um <laughs> retitling the films <laughs> would you well Someone did. Someone out there did. Richard, th- speaking of things that start with D, uh, let's get into some dumb IMDb trivia. Yeah, yeah. Because as we all know, IMDb trivia is user submitted, meaning that some of it's real stupid, but that's not the only reason we read it out. Sometimes it's just really interesting or funny, um, but makes me feel dumb, which nice. is in the case of our first piece of dumb IMDb <laughs> trivia for this episode. This is from D2, The Mighty Ducks. Joss Ackland was apparently unavailable to reprise his role as Hans, and his position in the film was replaced with Jean Rubes as Jean, Hans's brother. Hans's non-appearance in the film was explained as him going back to Norway to visit his mother. Did you realise that it wasn't Hans in the second film? Um, I don't remember there being a character named Hans in these films. So the the um bombay has like a mentor yeah, who is yeah, this yeah. old german man and he's i thought he was in all three of them and he actually dies in the yeah. third film um but in the second film it's not him it's his brother <laughs> that's so funny i didn't know that till i read this this um this piece of trivia uh and the the trivia section for d3 the next uh like pretty much the rest of these are from D3. In one scene, Charlie says he is allergic to nuts. This is a reference to Joshua Jackson's real life allergy to nuts. That's nuts. Is that a reference to that? I guess I can't choose what someone else is referencing. Yeah, you fucking dick. But it feels like he, just the character is also allergic to nuts. Maybe. Uh, in later interviews, Joshua Jackson, the same guy who has, who's allergic to nuts, um, admitted to having little to no interest in doing another Mighty Ducks movie and that he was ready to move on to more adult roles. He said he used a lot of that attitude in his portrayal of Charlie Conway in the film as the script calls for Charlie to be more rebellious and moody, so he channeled his feelings at the time of doing another Mighty Ducks movie into the role. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, stra- a crazy thing to just say that you're doing, you know, just yeah. like shit on the film like that <laughs> when coach orion posts the position the position so after they've had their first hockey game together with the new coach he posts what their new positions are uh, russ makes a comment about being placed on third line regarding it as being a major diss in parentheses insult <laughs> he isn't wrong in saying this so since he isn't wrong in saying so, since at this point the Ducks only have 12 players, two of which being goalies, and Russ being one of the two remaining defensemen on the team, the other being Fulton. That's the whole piece of trivia. I could not follow that. Yeah, it changes what it's saying halfway through. It's basically saying a character is annoyed that um, that the positions don't reflect their skills. What, that's the piece yeah, of but is it saying that like the third? I mean, this might be like a hockey thing that we don't understand. Is like third line perhaps um, a position that you don't need because of the makeup of the Mighty Ducks? 
because it mentions only having 12 like, players and so maybe it's like yeah when you have 13 or 15 or however many you have a third line but he they don't you know then is wouldn't that just be like a they're just explaining a joke then i don't know i don't know i read it as i, I just needed that if that's the joke i needed it explained <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> um charlie says they have a hundred fire ants but the jar clearly has way more yeah i mean it's believable that he's just you know eyeballing it no it's a piece of trivia <laughs> the only film in the trilogy d3 is where the only film of the trilogy it's the only film in the chess in the trilogy where jesse hall doesn't call adam banks a cake eater since hall does not appear in the film <laughs> instead russ tyler refers to banks as a cake eater okay so it's still called a cake eater yeah, yeah it's, it, the trivia could be adam banks is called a cake eater in every every film yeah um, this is the only Mighty Ducks film also where Adam Banks isn't injured in any way. Maybe it's because Jesse Hall isn't there to call him a cake eater. <laughs> um, in D2, the Mighty Ducks, Han's brother, Jean, the character I didn't know existed, mentions that Charlie's mother, Casey, got remarried between the first two films. There is absolutely no mention of her still being married in, in D3. If you pay close attention, you'll easily notice that she is not wearing a wedding ring at any point in the movie, and so it is implied that she is divorced again. And look, there is some weird, juicy gossip that happens off screen in between sequels, because <laughs> Gordon Bombay and Charlie's mum... They get together in the first film and they get together like with Charlie's blessing. Like he tells Bombay, I just want my mum to have someone who's not going to run away. Yeah. Something happens between the first and second film where not only is she not in it, but Bombay has like two separate love interests yeah. going on in it with um the the new, the, 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 the like tutor and with the um Icelandic teams. Well, I don't know what her role in the, in the, on the t- maybe she's the other tutor i don't know yeah. maybe it's a thing for tutors um and but then she's back in the second in the third one she's back <laughs> in the third one and seems okay with bombay and charlie seems okay with bombay despite the fact that he literally is not with the mum anymore which is like the one thing he <laughs> said he wanted for his mum um and it kind of suggests in the third film that they still like each other like very subtly but like enough for it to be like what the fuck what this is more interesting than the mighty duck stories i want to hear the the juicy love story between bombay and charlie's mum i want to see it richard (laughs) yes it's time for continue the franchise one of our final segments of the show. Oh boy, here we go. So the Mighty Ducks franchise has been expanded in a few interesting ways already, including an actual NHL hockey team called the Anaheim Ducks. They were once called the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and were named after the movie and were owned by Disney for a bit. And also- no Disney. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But it's mentioned in the third film- mm. That yep. that there's a real team that was named after them, and it's like presumably because so, they got so big from their famous world famous Pee Wee hockey stint in D two, yeah. right? <laughs> I, like I was I was coming up with um with continue the franchises that referenced the real team or something like that, but then it's it's so universe breaking that there's that mm. that team actually exists within the fucking movies. 
Yeah, he he tells it to Linda, who's the Charlie tells it to Linda, who's the girl he's trying to impress in D three. I thought he was just referring to the plot of D two. I thought because they were like an internationally renowned team in D two, that's who when he says the Anaheim Ducks, they named a professional team after us. Right, yeah, I thought yeah. he was talking about the previous iteration of the team from nice. D two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of probably our most uh, strangest and uh, kind of intriguing. Um, expanded media as well there is of course a Mighty Ducks animated series which is very loosely inspired by the films despite sharing the title and the logo on the Wikipedia page for the cartoon it states unlike the film and the hockey team the show was about a team of anthropomorphic hockey playing ducks I like that it specifies unlike the hockey team as well the hockey team is also not about (laughs) anthropomorphic hockey playing ducks um, the cartoon specifically follows. How much do you know about the cartoon? Because this will blow your mind if you don't know anything. Uh, it's like anim- uh, It's like aliens, right? Yeah. So the cartoon specifically follows alien ducks from the planet Puck World, who play hockey on Earth and battle the villainous Lord Dragonus, leader of the dastardly reptilian alien race known as the Saurians. This is the Mighty Ducks theme yeah. show. It sounds like a parody of like like you're watching some movie where they're, they're, they're coming up with a 90s mm. you know, cartoon and this is what they come up yeah. with. Uh, the, the show ran for 26 episodes through 1996 and 1997 and the first three episodes uh, were re-edited into a single feature film called Mighty Ducks the Movie, the first face-off, which would have been fucking bananas to include in this podcast episode. Uh-huh. As like, you know, like we're also... We're doing the Mighty Ducks trilogy and Mighty Ducks the movie, the first face-off. But I thought maybe we could watch it for film franchise follow-ups at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be cool. Um, And I presume as well, this is more fodder for Quack Attack to discuss. Yeah, yeah. As the Mighty Ducks animated series. I think it's it's on Disney Plus, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So yeah, all, all three of these movies are, if you want to watch along at home. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, Actually, only the first, I think only the first half of of the... of. Mighty Ducks the Animated Series is on Disney Plus Uh, but speaking of Disney Plus there is also an upcoming show based on the franchise the plot is said to revolve around a 13 year old boy who gets kicked off the junior division of the Mighty Ducks hockey team in February 2020 it was announced that Emilio Estevez would reprise his role as coach Gordon Bombay in the series so this is getting brought back in quite a significant way, right? And yeah. in as much of a significant way as it could be brought back because they're getting the, yeah, um, the main star this back. Was, and- I believe they were supposed to start shooting this on like Monday a week ago. Um, but because right. of coronavirus, obviously, it got shut down. But mm. yeah, because there was uh, someone posted, it was like a director being like, today's supposed to be my first day directing this a, right. a, a TV show that I, based on a movie series I grew up loving. Wow. That's nuts, man. Yeah. But I was going to say it's a coincidence that we got it, but I guess it was given to us, so it's less of a coincidence yeah. when it's someone intentionally gave it to us. Uh, what is your continue the franchise, dude? Pitch me your sequel to The Mighty Ducks. Um, okay, so I kept on just trying to think of like titles and then trying to come up with like things that come around there because I was like, you know, it's just called The Ducks. They're no longer mighty. Yeah. It's, it's like everyone's down and they're like look at half of these actors in real life and you'll see how some of them have fallen on really hard times um (laughs) and then so it's like you know it's it's a rounding up the troops back together for whatever reason um and then maybe either that or you have the mightiest duck 
Um, and it's just like Charlie is now actually oh. playing for the NHL and, and like he's playing for the Anaheim Ducks. And, mm. um, you know, then something happens. That'd and, be a step down because they named it after the, yeah, the yeah, Peewee yeah. team. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's called the Mightiest Duck. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that's kind of all I got. I, I was going to do something with like a weird meta thing where like it's about the real team, but they're made up with like some of the members of the original film so does it take place in our world or that world or whatever but then the fact that the anaheim ducks exist within that universe um stopped (laughs) those ideas in their tracks um and then obviously as well again the the let's see what they're up to now do a reunion it's like they're kind of doing that for disney plus anyway so and even the what if they were actually ducks like yeah yeah well that's the thing is that i found this very hard this is one of the hardest I've ever had to try to come up with a sequel idea, mainly because I really don't really care about hockey and didn't really want to see the further adventures of hockey. Yeah. Um, but this is why my idea is so bad, uh, which is my continuing the franchise is a feud between rival porn companies, one who wants to make the mighty dicks and one who wants to make the mighty fucks. Nice. And they're like, no, I have the rights to this. <laughs> I was like, no, I I want to make it, and maybe in the end they make the mighty dick fucks, the mighty cucks. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Um, another one that this might actually exist, um, or it might just be a fan trailer, but um, there's uh, ESPN does a series of documentaries called Thirty for Thirty, and it's like these thirty minute like really really good sports documentaries. And so I think for April Fools one year they did one for the events of Rocky Four, um. And so it's like all these like professional athletes talking about the fictional events of Rocky Four. Um, and so to do that for like, you know, have all these like Wayne Gretzky talk about how like inspired he was when he saw this fucking peewee team win. Um, that's a great idea. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of those things like this could exist easily. You could do one for Airbud as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Richard, moving on to uh, Rank Debt franchise where we rank this franchise with the other um according to Letterboxd, 106 other franchises, even though this is our 102nd, depending on how you count it. Um, I've, I have I added the Mighty Ducks to the list and sort of just put it up the top so I wouldn't lose where it was. And man, it looks funny just seeing the Mighty Ducks in first place in front of Toy Story, Back <laughs> to the Future, Mission Impossible, and Scream. Um, where do we think the Mighty Ducks as a franchise sits in our canon? Okay. Um, what? I mean... Is it is it good or bad? First question we've got to ask ourselves. Uh, it's in the middle for me. I don't think any of I don't think the the only like kind of big sin this movie commits is Emilio Estevez skiving out of the third film, right? Like that's mm. the only real like legitimate flaw. The rest of it is relatively consistent. It's not something I particularly enjoy in w- watching, but I wouldn't say it's as bad as something like um like what's an example like the santa claus i feel like it's better than the santa claus because the santa claus has like real dumb shit in it yeah i would put it around the same kind of level as like the expendables <laughs> do you reckon i reckon spy kids is better than the mighty ducks the spy kids is after expendables okay. yeah but the spy kids has spy kids four <sighs> i don't think spike well three and four actually are both pretty bad i would still rather watch spy kids more than the mighty ducks 
Okay, yeah. So is it be- it's worse than Spy Kids? Is it worse than High School Musical? Yeah. Is it worse than Nymphomaniac? We're right on the... <laughs> no. We're right at the... at the, the This is We don't start from the start. We start from the Nymphomaniac constant as the... I reckon it goes between High School Musical and Nymphomaniac. Okay, I f- a lot of stuff is falling in that area. Yeah, well, a lot of stuff, it? by definition, is average. That's true. That is true. All right, so it is currently 43 out of 106... Uh, franchises on our letterbox letterbox.com slash culpopture slash list slash fff dash ranking slash edit slash oh no you can't edit <laughs> uh yeah okay well richard now we're moving on to our final segment of the episode and that is franchise roulette where we get a random number generator to randomly generate a number which will correspond correspond to a list of franchises which will tell us what our next franchise is that we're going to cover next fortnight richard how many uh franchises do we have listed on the list of uh we have 179 and i was thinking the other day sometimes we forget to delete old ones and they stay on there but i guess that doesn't really affect the randomness of which franchise we later get right uh before we give us the number and then i'll do a i'll do like a episode wrap up so that people stay for the plugs so they can hear (laughs) the next episode reveal all right do you want do you want the number actually give me the number then you find it then i'll do the plugs then you tell us what the movie is okay the franchises whoops sorry i need to put my speaker on (laughs) 126 126 well before you tell us what that is richard please be sure to check out uh cold popcher on facebook and instagram and youtube and twitter we're all over the place you can hit us up at all of those places you can find the podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast either at the cold popcher podcast youtube channel or on the all the other places like Acast and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and places you get it. Um, you can also email us at media at gmail.com. Support us at patreon.com slash and join the Culpopture Discord where you can literally just chat to us every day and we are not famous enough to even consider not replying to you out of some kind of sense of self-righteousness. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry we're not getting quack attack numbers um yeah yeah (laughs) so richard what is the next franchise we're covering it's a trilogy again a third trilogy a trilogy of trilogies and so this one um for our 100th episode of film franchise fortnights as well we've covered because of the way we do franchises the numbers of the amount of franchises we've covered doesn't match up exactly with the episodes we've done but this Mm -hmm. will be the 100th episode of film franchise fortnights um so it's a trilogy most yep. recent one came out last year. Any guesses? Yep. Is it John Wick? No. Um, uh, it stars Gerard Butler. It stars Gerard. Oh shit, dude! Are we doing How to Train Your Dragon? No. Are we not? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing the other trilogy that finished last year, which stars Gerard Butler. Um, it's live action. It started in 2013, 2016, 2019. Um, Olympus has fallen, London has fallen, and Angel has fallen. 
damn dude do you know how much more i'd prefer to do how to train your dragon <laughs> like and how to train your dragon feels like it's it's one of like our um like watershed episodes you know like there's we would get so much like fan play for how to train your dragon like people would love if we did that and i would have just excited so many of our listeners by thinking it was that <laughs> because that still qualifies for the description to, to the point where i thought you were kidding when you said no it's not that. <laughs> and then you started saying no it's live action and i was like oh my god you're not kidding wow uh okay so the the has fallen what is that what is that trilogy called the if you got the wikipedia page for it is fallen film series the fallen trilogy i feel like there's gonna be more god these films are gonna be fucking dumb we keep doing um like watered down version of james bond post james bond like there's a spectrum and on that spectrum whatever that spectrum is for james bond is on that spectrum and so is the expendables and so is the fallen trilogy i don't think the mighty ducks trilogy is (laughs) well sweet cool yeah hang out for that series next fortnight guys um and thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time be sure to stay tuned for the post credit sequence which will play just after this music stops thank you and thanks so much for listening hey come on good all right come on come on um sweet welcome everybody to the post credit scene Richard. I know, we're here already. It feels like we just started the podcast, yeah. but you know. So those uh, those good episodes like that, they just, they just breeze right past us, don't they? But that's why we've got this little treat at the end, this post credit scene. This, uh, this, this segment, of course, brought to you by our patrons who pay more than $5, who I should say who donate more than $5 a month or $5 <laughs> or more over at patreon.com slash copopter. And you too can get in on this if you join our Patreon once again, that's patreon.com slash Cole This is the dessert. The dessert after the meal, mm. you know? Um, Ooh. Yeah. And, and it's spicy. Today's post credit sequence was brought to you by Ed Amon, who says, in your opinion, what has been the best decade of filmmaking for cinema in terms of producing the best creative work and classics to become mainstay and cultural icons some might argue that the 70s and some might argue the 70s and the 90s what do you guys think it's a very it's very subjective so go to town but you have to choose one oh oh jesus i mean yeah obviously the longer they go i mean if you talk about innovation it's like you know the 40s and 50s like changed what cinema was essentially um but and you know um, but i almost think he says some might argue the 70s and the 90s but i um in terms of like especially becoming cultural icons i might say the 80s um mm-hmm. just if you were to like to survey a million people and say name 10 classic movie characters uh, the list you would end up with would be mostly 80s characters what's an example i would say marty mcfly yeah, Marty McFly, like, it, it, like that's right. Actually, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to Google classic movie character, um, or like just movie characters. I while you do that, I will reverse. I will flip the bloody question on its head, dude, 
and I'm going to ask a different question, which is what is definitively the worst decade for filmmaking? And that's the motherfucking 2000s, inarguably. The the year, the 2000s, yeah. 2000 to, especially the early 2000s. So maybe by the end of, by 2010, you know, you obviously get a few more classics. And I'm, of course, not saying that no good movies came out in the 2000s because a lot of my favorite movies did but if you look at the early 2000s and you know we've talked about this before you've got your only bad mission impossible film you've got <laughs> you know everyone trying to be the matrix and maybe it's because of the matrix that it that it bombed so hard um as a as an early the early parts of a decade um but even like we've talked about this when we've done our long running horror franchises is that, um, and I, you know, I feel like we've talked about this at least twice on the podcast before, but, uh, the reason that people you and who are your, that are our age, Richard kind of regard mm. horror as a bit of a dud genre is because we, we spent most of our lives in the two thousands. And when you look at the two thousands, horror was terrible for that entire time. You know what I mean? Mm. Like horror sucked in the two thousands. So, um, and and it wasn't until the likes of your Get Outs and your It Follows and your It's Chapter Ones that um, <laughs> we we really started to see horror as a genre that is worthy of of people's attention again um, because it was just mm. so bad for like ten to fifteen years. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, in terms of eighties characters, you got like Indiana Jones, the mm. Tim Burton's Batman. Um, I mean, arguably, like the Star Wars characters did most of their their work in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Ripley, uh, John McClane, um, the uh, fucking the Terminator, mm-hmm. um, Freddy Krueger. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's like just just like the 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 Hall of Fame of movie characters. I think would feature predominantly the uh, the bloody. Uh, 80s nice 